This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you this morning. We're back on the Zoom call today. Very happy to have with me two um, two professionals in our community who do uh, some amazing work. And I and I'm not I'm not objective about anything at Survivors Resource Center at all because I'm on their board. But uh, I really really respect the work that all the staff at Survivors Resource does with sexual assault victims, uh, with what we do with uh, going into the schools. So with me this morning to specifically talk about domestic violence as we are doing this month off and on, our Brooke, Chef, Brooke God, okay, I'm going to go back to bed. Brooke Kuchewski, <laughs> who uh, is with Survivors Resource Center, and Tara Wright. And Brooke, Brooke is primarily the person that goes in and works with the schools. Well, goes in when she can. Obviously, COVID is, has been a factor. So we're going to talk to her today about what that really involves and what that means and what she's hearing from our young people about relationships. And Tara, uh, I forgot your title, forgive me. Uh, Director of Prevention Education and I'm a therapist. Thank you very much, I appreciate that. (laughs) And so Tara's Tara's gonna give us some overall perspective about this. So I guess first, Tara, I'm going to let you explain to people what Survivors Resource Center is. We always try to do that to remind people because sometimes everybody forgets of the the valuable work that that we do. That's right. So uh, the Survivor Resource Center, uh, we changed our name a few years ago. It was formerly the Vermilion County Rape Crisis Center. And uh, the focus of our work is uh, providing free, uh, very free and uh, Strict confidentiality is put into place um, in regards to the work we do for all survivors of sexual violence, and this includes their families, as we know that uh, not just the survivors impacted by the trauma that occurs when sexually violent behaviors happen. Um, So our services range from counseling and therapy that can be for the individual, for families, for couples, uh, group therapy events can occur to our prevention education, where we are out there trying to be proactive over reactive and looking at um, the focus of wanting to end violence, but also to give a new perspective on what violence is so people realize how important it is to change ways and know they have options and choices for not living through something that they thought was normal. Um, We also have our legal and medical advocacy. We are there to respond as soon as someone reports to the hospital with a, a risk that has happened, a trauma that has happened to them. So all our services are there. Um, we're going to be there, you know, for everyone. And so that's just a little breakdown about what we do. There's so much more to that, but I know we only have so much time. Understand. With us. So where would you um, like to go next? Yeah. Uh, Tara, one thing I want to I want to explain to people um, is is how much violence is part of this. You know, we when one of the things I found in my years of being on the board and talking about sexual violence, sexual assault, is how little people really understand what that is. I think when you say the word sexual assault, 
people jump to the conclusion that this is about sex. It really is not. It, it just never has been, never will be. It is about violence. It's about power and control. And I, I think we overlook that too often. And that's why we're talking about it today, because violence and power and control are at the root of this. Is it not? Are they not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing that can get lost, you know, in looking at this is what that does to a person that doesn't realize they have choices, they have options to take back their control and power if they're given the support, if they're given the means to understand, maybe I never knew I had that. Um, and that's part of, you know, our educational process is wanting people to realize that, wanting people to practice um, understanding that, what they can do for themselves, what they can do for others around them that they see these things are happening to them. And that power and control is an amazingly scary thing out there when we talk about the different levels of violence that we have in our community. It, it actually is as, as frightening, I think, as, as the actual physical assault that happens on the invasion of your body. It's actually that power and control thing that I think probably creates so much fear in people. We just, we don't appreciate it. And it's one of those things that because we don't really understand it, we're reluctant to talk about it and we're reluctant to deal with it. So the fact that you all are there um, is a wonderful resource for the community. Brooke, I've known you since you were in children's theater. <laughs> I've had the pleasure of watching you grow up into a beautiful young woman. What drove you to this? Why do you do this? Well, um, I, I, I'll tell you what I tell all of my students when I go in is that I, I wish we had gotten more talks like I get to give the conversations I get to have with them. I wish we had gotten more of that when I was younger because I don't know that we were focusing it on this as heavily when I was their age, whether that be, you know, cause I, I covered preschool through high school. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't remember specifically getting conversations like these. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we did here and there, but it didn't really stand out. Someone didn't come in and talk to us about this from my memory. Um, and so I think that's the, the big reason because, you know, I, I've encountered um, different situations where I wish I would have known those different sort of, I guess we call them red flags to look out for or known that the way a certain friendship was, wasn't actually a healthy friendship and that, you know, you deserve better. So if someone had, had explained that better, I think as a, as a kid, I, I, I just want to be able to give that to these kids and let them know that they have, they're worth so much more than sometimes they think. So you're trying to be in as many schools as possible. And of course, that's been a little challenging, I would imagine. Are you doing a lot of your stuff um, on Zoom? Are you, are you able to get in the classrooms or where are you at with that? Well, I offer both, and actually I've had a lot of schools allow me to come in um, and see their students, but uh, during the last, what, year and a half, however long we've been in this, yeah, um, we don't, I, I can't, I've, I've lost track. Time is an illusion. Um, I've done a lot on Zoom with them as well, but we never stopped. 
uh, I think the, the biggest issue is the fact that there's, you know, there's only so much I can do on my own. Um, so I, I get into as many schools as possible. I'm pretty well booked out for the fall semester, the fall winter semester. So um, I think that is a good sign, but they've been really responsive to bringing me in. Um, I think the, the, the earlier I can get in, the better, or the more consistently you can bring me in, Sure, I guess is my main point, because they need to keep hearing um, that it's okay to express their emotions in different ways or not to, uh, that's what we focus on a lot actually, is that that ability to express what you're feeling and the healthy ways to handle those feelings. And that's something we start talking about in preschool. Um, I just talked about that with a whole group of high schoolers last week. Um, and I think that's the best place to start is that emotion management and learning how to communicate what those feelings are. Because part of the problem um, is that families, the families aren't what they used to be. And so it's, it's challenging sometimes for kids to learn those lessons. And sometimes they are in dysfunctional homes and what they see is not a positive approach to solving conflict or dealing with relationships. So what you're talking about from the word go is helping them understand how to develop healthier relationships and how to express what they're feeling. That's quite a, that's quite a challenge. And I, you know, when I was back when I was at the health department and we were in health ed, we were, when we were going into schools, um, you know, it was a, it was a scattershot kind of approach to it. So we'd go to this one and then we go to that one and, or our health educators would. And what you're talking about is a more consistent messaging, which I think is probably critical to ensuring that kids begin to understand what you're really talking about. You go in one day and stand in front of 30 kids and say, Hey, you need to have healthy relationships. Bye. <laughs> and I'm I'm not saying you do that, but you know what I mean. If if it if you take it down to one thing like that, they're like sitting there going like, "What she what was she talking about?" You know. So being able to do a little bit more extensive reinforcement of that is real important. We're gonna actually talk to Brooke about what uh, what she is doing and talk more with Tara too in just a moment on Newsmakers fourteen ninety WDAN fourteen ninety WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning with Tara Wright, who oversees prevention education at Survivors Resource Center, and Brooke Chesky, who goes into the schools and actually works with our kids about uh, relationships and sexual assault and trying to understand where they're at and what they need to do to build healthy relationships, which seems to be one of the big challenges we have right here in Vermilion County. I want to go to Brooke and talk about uh, about what she actually does. But Tara, before I do that, from your perspective overall, with the uh, building the curriculum and deciding what Brooke is, you know, talking about with Brooke about what she's going to do, how challenging has it been as the world has changed? I mean, it's sexual assault today is treated a little differently. We're a little bit more aware, not a, not where we need to be, but it's a little better. 
Has it been a challenge to keep your curriculum fresh and make sure that when you go into the schools, you're giving people what they, the, the young people, what they need to know? Um, yeah, I would say that there's always a challenge, especially if you want uh, good participation, um, good benefits to come out of, you know, what you're presenting, um, what you want their takeaway to be. And the big piece with that is, is that working with ICASA, which is the Illinois Coalition Against Sexual Assault, you know, Brooke and I and so many others are able to network and work together to see what's consistently seen as a challenge um, outside of COVID and all of that and building new platforms to still be able to bring information to people, you know, was a challenge in itself in this last year and a half. But also, like you said, in curriculum, you know, we want to continue to see more, you know, beneficial ways, more effective ways um, in reaching, you know, these kids. And it's, it's more than the kids. We want to be there for every individual, but we, we need to be able to reach, you know, the teachers, the staff that are part of that follow up. You know, when we're not there, who are they reaching out to? Who are their supporters? Who are the people that are going to listen and give them the best advice, take them to the next step to be, you know, in control and to be supported and safe? Um, and that's our care providers, our parents, everybody that's involved with a person. And so we, you know, as an organization, want to reach as many people as possible. So, you know, outside of the schools, we are working with community groups, you know, for the education, for professional trainings, um, and realizing that there are so many more people to get back to the individual that we want to keep safe so that we can keep everyone safe and working together. So Absolutely. there's lots to do that. So, Brooke, tell me what it's like going into schools today. Um, and talking with young people, what are you hearing back from them? Do they, do they understand better today about relationships or are they as confused as, as I was when I was a kid? I, I think there's an equal balance of both. But um, honestly, I think, I think we fail to give some of our, our young, our young uh, students credit for just how much they're watching us and yeah. how intelligent they are. Uh, I truly do believe that they are highly intelligent, but they're still young kids and <laughs> they're still figuring sure. things out too, right? Um, but consistently, I, and this is what I have to look for, I watch their faces when we're talking about certain things because they're not always going to say something specific to me. But you can see the look of realization on their face when you tell them, like, if we're going through sort of like a circle of trust sort of exercise and them deciding who is in their closest circle and the next one and the next one all the way out, who gets to be in those circles? And when I start talking about who gets to be in those circles and why, and they realize that they don't have to put, you know, they could put uh, dad in this closest circle, but mom could be in the next one. Like... I, I'm still learning to, I'm still creating that relationship with her, but I have a really good relationship with dad right now. Or um, I, I love talking to my best friend and their parents. So um, their parents are people I can go to. I trust them a lot. And learning who are those people that we trust because I see consistently that um, our little kids especially get stuck on the idea that the people we trust have to be mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, teacher. Mm -hmm. And there's so many more people that they can go to. And so we discuss that every single time I'm in there. 
all the way through high school. And they kind of roll their eyes at me in high school when I'm like, who are the adults you can trust? And I'm like, listen, I'm an adult. I have adults I trust. They've just been an adult longer than I have. (laughs) Exactly. Um, They know what they're doing. But reminding them that it's okay to find help from people that are not just your age. Because the thing is, you have to validate that they understand how to solve a lot of problems on their own already. They figure That's what I was going to ask you. What about conflict? What are you... What are you hearing from them about when they when they are in conflict? Are they figuring out how to handle that without violence or, or what? Because what we hear is that they're not. That's the reason we have to talk about that emotion management and ways to calm down those emotions, ways to communicate those with each other. And that's why I think it's so vital that I get into the grade schools uh, consistently be, because those kids are going to be hearing that every single year. And then junior high and high school, it can, it can vary a little. If I'm just getting to talk to somebody when I see them in high school, I don't have as many years experience talking to them as I do these other you know, grade schoolers. Um, so it's, you know, we're, it's, it's almost like a new conversation and they are learning how to handle these things without violence. That's why we talk about anger a lot when I talk about that emotion management because that's the one they've all felt the most. Um, and, you know, maybe they have had some sort of violence modeled for them. But the thing to consistently remind them of is just because you have experienced violence or you have seen violence in your home, it does not mean that you have to be a person of violence. It does not mean that you have to accept violence. Um, and reminding them that just because this is something they've experienced, it doesn't mean that that's what they are meant for for the rest of their life. Absolutely. We're going to go to break and come back and talk more with Bruce. Bruce. Well, that's good. I really need to go back to bed. That's obviously <laughs> going to be one of those days. Brooke and Tara. Holy mackerel. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAM. Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning with Brooke Kuchewski, who is um, the person that goes into the schools for Survivors Resource Center and helps our kids deal with relationships, not only sexual assault, but just healthy, healthy relationships in general. And Tara Wright, who oversees the program Prevention and Education for Survivors Resource. Brooke, you were talking before I went to break about talking with the kids about anger. Um, You know, we hear a lot of reports about kids getting mad about social media, about them reacting and grabbing guns and shooting each other and violence breaking out with fights, etc. Kids are kids are kids, and they're always going to kind of react immaturely because they are. Um, And so... When you go in to talk to them about dealing with anger in relationships or particularly in dealing with social media, what do you do about that? How do you handle that to get them to try to keep some perspective on social media, which consumes too much of their lives, in my opinion? Well, 
uh, we have to talk about, you know, what could happen if we respond in that way. If you make them verbalize sort of a pro-con list, they have a lot of cons that come up, right? So they have to think about, okay, so if I respond in this way, what could happen? And it could be that they hurt themselves or someone else. It can make the situation worse. What are they going to feel like? Is there any good that's going to come out of it? And they could be like, well, it feels good in the moment. I'm like, okay, it felt good in the moment. Did it help anything? Well, no. And so they're making these sort of pro-con lists and how it can affect them right in that moment and later on. And I, I usually have them do that activity when it, when it comes to like the consequences of dating abuse, but they can do it with those emotions too and the way they respond to things because you know there are good and bad consequences to things. And we talk about those short-term effects, which is right there in that moment, the way they respond immediately and the long-term effects, which are later in that day, week, month, year, years, you know, the rest of their life. And they have to think about, okay, so if I respond in this way, how is that going to affect me? How is that going to affect other people? And they really have to think about it. Um, but I think it also helps if you're honest with them about your own experiences. And, you know, I remember a time in my own life when I was just really angry and, you know, I did a lot of things. Like I, I say that I was like a rage runner. I tell them. So whenever I was angry, I would go to the gym and I would run really hard. And that doesn't sound so awful right now, but you now I'm whatever age and I, I can't really run. <laughs> I damage my knees, right? I damage my knees or they, it's, and I know that's not me lashing out on another person, but it was me lashing out on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if you're honest with them about, you know, things that you felt or where you've been and the way you've responded to things and having to find alternatives and having to give up what felt good for what's best, you know, they tend to listen a little more. And that's what the older kids, the little kids, they're more willing to listen to you right off the sure. bat. <laughs> sure, they are. They are. That's but, why it's so important to get in when uh, in, the, in the lower grades. We, uh, we need to talk about this stuff sooner so that we can we can help them by all means. Tara, I know from, you know, we've, we've talked about the kids today, which was our focus, which is fine. Next month, we're going to talk about it's Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and so we'll talk even more with you and others. Um, but as you've reflected on this, there's a lot in what Brooke was saying that you probably bring to some of your counseling sessions with adults. Because we seem to struggle with with those relationship issues throughout our lifetime. Uh, Absolutely. Um, And when I'm in therapy, whether it's with a couple or an individual or a family, um, looking at it as a person-centered approach to what their needs are, what, what they feel their conflict is, and helping them to realize the different ways to change that helping them realize um, getting past feelings of guilt or hopelessness um, and things that come along with that when we talk about trauma, you know, can be very difficult for every person that we serve and every person that we want to support. So it does take time. You know, there is no time limit. There is no, it should be better by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's based on what that person needs, but it's, it's an amazing thing to see with time Um, what can happen for a person or a family or a couple in realizing that, again, there are options, there are other choices, there are things that we didn't realize could be a possibility. 
Um, but in talking and in being vocal and being able to realize just in reflection what's capable, you know, what's there. Um, and sometimes that's what we need is just that extra voice to help us reflect on that. And I would be remiss if we get out of here while, while we're talking about Brooke going into the schools, and that's absolutely wonderful. Um, the sexual, um, the Sur Survivors Resource Center um, is there uh, at any time for anybody that needs help, regardless of your age. And actually, what I have told people uh, repeatedly, and they are stunned when I tell them that, uh, about 75% of our caseload at Survivors Resource Center are people under the age of 18. So they are reaching out for help and that's important and that's why you're there. So Tara, how can somebody contact uh, all of you? So all you need to do is just reach out to us. You can call us at 217-446-1337 for Vermilion County. Um, we also serve Edgar Northern Clark and you can reach us at that location as well, 217-463-6477. Um, our website, www.survivorresourcecenter.org, is always available to give information. You can follow us on our Facebook page at that same link. Um, we are there. All our services are free and confidential. We want to support you. We want to help you. We work with a lot of networking providers, so we are going to make sure all the areas of support needs you need are there for you. Absolutely. Ladies, I thank you for being with us this morning, especially you, Bruce. So <laughs> I am never going to live that one down. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I do thank you. And I thank you, Brooke, for what you're trying to do. Going into the schools and working with our kids is the only way we're ever going to break these cycles of violence. It's the only way. And, and I appreciate what you try to do every single day. So thank you. Um, and we will talk to you all again next month, I'm sure. Thanks, Tara. I appreciate it. Take You're care. Welcome. Thank you. Bye. All right. Join, join me tomorrow. And we're going to focus on breast cancer awareness. Because Angela Zell is going to be here from OSF. And we're going to talk about all of the genes days. So join us tomorrow for Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.